Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the next installment of the CVU School Counselor Podcast. I'm going to be joined by Rye Hoffman later. Uh, he seems to be a frequent guest here on the podcast, uh, where we will be talking today about scheduling at CVU for the uh, 23-24 school year. So I just wanted to go over some information in terms of timeline, things we've talked to students about, things we will be talking to students about, just so everybody has a picture of what is going out to students and what will be coming home or what you should all be asking for at home so that when you sit down to have a conversation with your student about the courses that they are looking to take, you have some, you can put it together in, in, in context. So for freshmen, counselors are going into the ninth grade core time classes and talking to students just in general about credits. How do you navigate graduating from CVU and how do you navigate the course selection process? What will that actually, what will that schedule actually look like depending upon the number of courses that students want to take? I have gone into my Fairbanks core and we've gone over all right, if I'm going to fill 14 or 15 out of 16 possible blocks in a school year, how many free blocks am I gonna have? Or I've only selected enough courses to fill 12 of the 16 blocks, so how many free blocks am I gonna have? And what will that, what will that look like? What can I expect to see? Um, some other things that I think uh, should be included, we'll kind of go through and I'll, I'll it'll, I'll try and keep it as structured as possible, but all 10th grade students need to sign up for 10th grade humanities and integrated biology. They have a lot of selection. You'll see that there's a ton of selection available to them beyond what they had available to them coming in as 9th graders. Um, there is a course offering booklet that will be released on Friday where all of these courses are described in detail and I would encourage everybody to, to have a look at that course offering booklet and read some of those course descriptions because it, it can clarify whether or not um, the next course in sequence or um, is, is the right course for, for a student to take at this time. 10th and 11th and 12th grade students will all be receiving what is we are calling the course request worksheet. This worksheet consists of all of the courses that are available to students in those grade levels based on required prerequisites. There's going to be some information at the top around when those students are going to be meeting with their school counselors to enter their course requests. So for example, the 10th grade students will meet with their school counselors on February 28th and March 1st and they will come meet with their school counselors directly from their core humanities courses. So the front side of the course really, like I said, is a list of all the courses that will be available to the 10th grade students. They should be bringing this home, having conversations with family members, having conversations with teachers. On the back side of this sheet of paper will be um, what we're calling the credit slash course worksheet. So this is a way for students to log into their student portal in PowerSchool, look at historical grades, and determine what credits they have and have not received so that they can 
at least come come into the the meeting with the school counselor with um, some questions to ask about: Do I need this credit? In did I satisfy this somewhere else, or have things pretty well sorted? On the course request worksheet, it clearly identifies what sort of credit like a course will qualify as. So if you're wondering, is business a practical art or a fine art, it, it will tell you on the sheet. There are some aspects of the course selection process that really should involve current teachers, such as should a rising 10th grade student enroll in both integrated biology and chemistry in the same school year. The reality is many students will want to do this, but that chemistry class is a very he math heavy course and requires students to have completed or be concurrently enrolled in Algebra 2. And you have to be really passionate. The advice is that you have to be really passionate about both math and science in order to enroll in both those classes. And it's just not necessary to take them both. Students will be well on track for graduation doing one science class a year. They'll be able to enroll in an AP class in their senior year. And you just don't need to push and fill an entire schedule with courses that might prove to be overwhelming just to have them on your transcript. It is better to do more with less than to do less with more. The 11th and 12th grade course request sheet looks significantly different than the one for 10th graders. There's significantly more English classes and social studies classes that, that students are able to take. Most of the course offerings for English become semester long, except for AP English. Again, this, the sheet is set up so that it will identify which credit area a course uh, applies to. and all current 11th graders, all rising 12th graders, will meet with their school counselors on February 2nd and February 3rd, and students will come down from their US in the World class. All current 10th graders, all, all rising 11th graders, will meet with their school counselors on February 6th and 7th, and they will come down from integrated biology. What that means, again, is that students will come down from those classes. I will, as the Fairbanks House Counselor, meet with all of my Fairbanks students in that integrated biology class. They'll have five minutes with me, maybe a little bit more, and we will talk about their course requests. I'll make sure that the requests that I have are accurate, and I will enter them into PowerSchool. Leading up to those meetings, all students will be spending time in advisory with their advisors and current advisees, fellow advisees, asking questions about the courses on the course request worksheet, asking questions of their advisor and of their fellow advisees around free blocks, um, asking questions about course content, asking questions about course load, and whether or not um, it is appropriate to schedule a free block in when you have multiple APs. The prevailing advice from the AP teachers is that students really should have a free block for each AP. We find that 
that advice works for many, but not all. And students can self-select, but again, um, it really is important to make sure you are creating a schedule that that is appropriately challenging and not overwhelming. So just to give you all a, a, a clearer timeline, so the 22-23 student experience for the scheduling process summarizes as follows. January 27th, in advisory, students will receive scheduling information. Students will receive the course request worksheets specific to their grade level, as well as a tip sheet and the credit course worksheets. They will also receive on that tip sheet uh, a sample grid style schedule so they can begin to lay out, all right, I want all of these courses. How, how will this lay out for me um, if I have filled 14 out of the 16 blocks? What does that visually look like? Again, as I have said previously, students will have conversations with their advisor about course options. At that time, students will have conversations in their classes with teachers about recommendation course options specific to their grade level. February 2nd and 3rd, juniors will meet with their school counselor to select classes from their course request worksheets, and students will come down from U.S. in the World classes. February 6th and 7th, sophomores will meet with their school counselor to select classes from their course request worksheet. So those are that sophomores coming down from integrated biology class. February 9th and 10th, ninth graders will meet with their school counselor to select classes and they will come from their core humanities class. May 31st, if all goes well and we have all student requests and we're able to kind of stick to our timeline, May 31st, students will be able to view their 23-24 academic schedule via their PowerSchool portal. And then June 1st through June 15th, those are the rise, that's the rise dates. Counselors will be available for students to come in and utilize the add drop process so that they can request change, students can request changes to their schedules. The intention in all of this is to lessen the stress, lessen the anxiety for everybody in the building at the start of the school year. If we can do our part to ensure that students come into the 23-24 school year with a schedule that they are happy with um, and we have less frantic, stressful adding and dropping, then teachers are settled with their class lists, students are settled, and, and the school year can can get started on a much calmer, in a much calmer, much more settled way. And as we talk about scheduling, it's important to talk about the graduation requirements. What are those credits that are required for students to finish their CVU experience? So I'm just gonna go ahead and list them here. You need four credits of English. There's a lot of English options. There's a lot of great options. Um, in, within the Nexus program and other ways to earn English credit, uh, but you need four full credits of English to graduate. You need three credits of social studies, which must include U.S. history. You need three credits of science, three credits of math, 
half a credit of fine art, half a credit of practical art, one and a half credits in physical education, a half credit of which has to be personal fitness, that is a mandatory CVU graduation requirement. And at this time, there are no substitutions for personal fitness. Students need half a credit in health. They need three and a half credits in electives. And if you think of an elective credit as any credit or course that is not required to graduate and is in excess of the minimum required in that department area. So for example, CVU does not require a world language credit in order to graduate. However, that does not mean you shouldn't do world language classes. That is considered a, a, a very important part of a student's uh, curriculum. And many colleges and universities recommend or require students do it, but it is not um, required to graduate, but any credit earned within the world language department can be considered an elective credit. Students need to complete their RISE experiences and then in senior year they need to complete their senior exit experience. I realize there's a lot of information that we're presenting today about scheduling. I would encourage you to reach out to your student's house counselor if you have further questions you can also ask their advisor there's a lot of documents and I'm gonna make sure that I include PDF links to all of those documents in the show notes for today so families have access to them I'm joined now by Rye Hoffman who as I mentioned earlier is a frequent flyer in the podcast these last couple of weeks and I think what he is hoping to do is go over a little bit more of the technical aspect of some of the schedule building at CVU and perhaps highlight a few of the tips by grade level so that as you're sitting down with your student you have some idea of what we think is important um, and you kind of have again a little bit clearer picture of what information we're relaying to students uh, in the classroom and in advisory. Go ahead Rye. Well thanks. Um, so uh, talking about scheduling in general and really our philosophy in in sort of building a schedule um, here at CVU is we really want to be responsive to student desires and need. Um, we custom build our schedule every year um, and do that based on student requests. So that is why we go through this process is we are building the the classes that we're building and the number of sections that we're building for next year which will likely be different than what we have this year based on the needs and requests of students uh, this coming uh, or next academic year. Um, a couple of tips for uh, students to pay attention to and, and parents to know as well. Um, so you know thinking about rising sophomores one thing that that rising sophomores will be uh, sort of thinking about is whether they, you know, what are the elective classes they want to take? Do they want to take uh, chemistry in addition to the integrated biology class? Um, it's really important to be mindful of, um, for students to be mindful that that's really an option for kids that are really 
interested and strong in science. That's not for everybody. You're talking about taking two full science classes for the entire school year as a sophomore. Um, students should also be in or have completed Algebra 2 to really pull that off. So just to have that consideration in mind, the students that don't do chemistry in their sophomore year, they can certainly take it their junior year. There's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. Um, but we do want to be mindful of that um, and have kids really be thinking about it. Um, thinking about stu uh, students that are going to be rising juniors next year, um, U.S. in the world uh, is kind of structured a little differently than it has been in past years. Um, this is what how we're operating it this year, um, but not everybody is uh, in the know of how U.S. in the world has been uh, restructured. So instead of it being a full year-long class, um, everybody, every junior takes the first half of U.S. in the world, and then they can take a uh, a second semester, they take a second semester that is really a strand. So whether that's a strand in focusing on U.S. history from uh, looking through, through the arts and music lens, yeah. the foreign policy lens, a social movement lens, a sports lens, or more of a media lens. Those are the those are the five strands that the the history teachers will be focusing on. Yeah, and so kids get to choose which one of those uh, they would most like to to study in the second semester of their junior year. Um, it's pretty highly recommended that, that juniors, especially if they're thinking of uh, applying to colleges uh, in their high school process, uh, take writing composition um, in their junior year. The, that class is going to really help them focus on their, their writing work, and it's going to take some time to uh, work on their college essay. Practical writing is another option for students uh, to kind of meet some of those same goals, um, but one of those two should likely be uh, considered strongly for uh, rising juniors for their junior year. Um, and then, you know, once we get into junior year and senior year, some students are thinking about AP classes. And so uh, AP classes are college-level classes. Uh, their high-level classes, AP Bio and AP Chemistry, uh, also have lab components to them that take up two blocks uh, in their in a student's schedule. Um, so it's it's pretty recommended that students that take an AP class have a free block per AP class that they take, just based on the rigor and the amount of work that comes out of those courses. Um, also, at the the junior level, um, students are able to take dual enrollment classes. So those are college classes um, that they can take using a dual enrollment voucher. Um, when students become a junior, they are eligible to uh, use two dual enrollment vouchers over the course of their junior or senior year or and senior year. Um, and so those are basically coupons to take college classes for free. Um, and students are then able to, you know, build their uh, college transcript at the same time that they're in high school, and they get credit in both places for those classes. So those are some of the considerations to be taking um, when kids are looking at these options. And one thing about the dual enrollment, Rye, that, that, uh, and the CVU School Counselor podcast is in a future episode, probably the one that comes out after scheduling, it will be all about flexible pathways. And we sit down with Stan Williams to talk about the agreement between CVU and St. Mike's. Nice. Um, and how students can take those dual enrollment courses through their AP classes in their current classrooms uh, and not have to go 
navigate a course online or navigate a college course in a college classroom with college students of all varying ages. Right, right. Yeah, lots of options with dual enrollment. Um, some really exciting stuff. Um, but that's not for everybody. Um, and, and there is, you know, some planning that needs to be done to register a student for a dual enrollment class, um, to be really mindful and thoughtful about whether a student wants to do online learning or whether they want to be in person. Um, and those are conversations that really should be had with the student school counselor. All right, Rye. So where we would love to think that our English, social studies, math, science courses are the all the most important classes and the ones that we answer questions about all the time, uh, the reality is uh, we get asked probably more questions about driver's ed. And there's always um, a great deal of concern, frustration, glee around around driver's ed. And so one of the things that I am... Uh, I want to convey is that if, if you are interested in taking driver's ed at CVU, it needs to be a course that you request. Yep. It will not initially be built into your CVU schedule because we take those requests and order them by birth date so that we have oldest students in the building taking driver's ed. But there are some other important considerations for being enrolled in driver's ed. You want to handle that? Yeah. So. Um... Point one is that uh, at the start of your driver's ed class, and quite honestly before your driver's ed class, you need to have your permit. Um, if you don't have your permit, you're not eligible to take driver's ed, and um, and we need to know that information. So with the whole timeline of us having schedules in kids' hands much earlier than we have in the past, um, that should communicate to students if you've been uh, added to driver's ed and knowing full well that you need to have your permit. Um, in place. It's also really nice to have like some driving time and some experience behind the wheel. Doesn't have to be a ton, but a couple hours, two to five hours behind the wheel um, is going to be most appropriate, um, at least that you've practiced before you uh, that before you take that class. And and we know many many students and families will sign up for driver's ed and then take it outside of CVU. And all that we ask is that you let us know so that as students tell us that they have taken it outside of CVU, we can go to the next student on the list and offer them a spot in driver's ed. Um, we have limited spots in driver's ed. Corey can handle roughly 50 students a semester, which gets us you know, probably under 100 students uh, being able to take driver's ed in a school year. And in a school of 1,400 students, that's not a lot. But with the number of students that take it outside of CVU, we really can get through a, a large portion of the list. Yeah. And if we offer driver's ed in the summer, that's access to even more students. Right. All we are I mean, really asking, Rye, is that families and students come in with having had some conversations around the courses that they want to take, be prepared for the conversations with their advisors and their school counselors, and be patient with us as we build the the absolute best student-centered schedule we possibly can build given a lot of the parameters in the building. It's something that I can tell you I I, I really believe in that, that we student-centered schedule is really important. I know that's something that the school believes in. Uh, is it perfect? It's never perfect. It's never perfect, but we really do work hard to, to accommodate 
the requests that student give students gives give us build the sections that are required to fill that need um, and really allow students an opportunity as as I outlined earlier um, to make some changes to do some flexing kind of during that that June 1st to June 15th um, timeline so again if you have questions don't hesitate to send them with students don't hesitate to email call your school counselor we're here to help answer those questions yeah for sure the only other thing that I would uh recommend especially to students as we go into this scheduling time is use your teachers as well your yep. teachers are going to be able to make recommendations for classes that should be considered for you for next year and so if you are kind of looking through the course menu and thinking about you know two three four different classes that you think you might be interested in or that you think you might be ready for check in with those teachers and and get some solid recommendations of what they think that you're ready for um, that's going to be some of the best information you can get um, to really drive this process. And, and as Russ has stated, we're giving you some, some planning tools to kind of take a look at where you are in the uh, graduation credit accrual timeline and time frame, um, and also kind of planning out what that next year could look like. So um, be really thoughtful and mindful of, of what it is that you want, because um, we want to make a schedule that um, meets your needs. And lastly, uh, I, I think it, it's, it can and often is a very stressful time worrying about, thinking about what your course courses and schedule will look like, but you got to have fun. It has to be a schedule that you are going to be able to have fun with, and if you're not having fun and if you're stressed, then everybody around you is stressed, and that's not really uh, a healthy place to be. So as much as you can have fun with the process, let's have fun with the process. You bet. All right. Thanks, Rye. Thank you. Thank you.